You are listening to Pangea Cast, the digital voice of Pangea Church in Seattle, Washington. We are a church that follows in the way of Jesus to inspire others in the way of love. Visit us in person on Sundays or online at seattlepangea.com. I want to welcome you to Pangea Church this morning. We are going to be doing something kind of unique today, actually. We're going to be looking um, at a topic that we've explored before. We're going to look at the humanity of Jesus and how his humanity impacts the humans we can become. You know, I had the opportunity to do a special teaching for a church in Arizona, and I thought I'd share that with you. Some of it might be crossover from other things we've talked about, and some of it might be brand new. And so I'm hoping that um, this will be a special sort of invitation for us as we orient ourselves around the way of Jesus during this very challenging season of a pandemic, racial injustice, and of course now our political season that's in full swing. Well, today, my friends, I want to step right in. And, um, you know, I'm here in Seattle, Washington, and you're in Arizona. But here's what we share in common. We share something that's really rough. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's really in deep pain. And we have to figure out how to navigate that, especially as people who claim to be people of the hope of the world, right? Like, we are the people who are to embody hope for a world with questions, diseases, suffering, racism. I mean, you name it, wars, rumors of wars, those are always happening, right? I mean, here's the thing. We are called to be the kind of people who step into the uncomfortable spaces and we allow it to impact us like Jesus allowed his own space, his own time to impact him. It's not always easy though. So I want to step into a conversation that might provoke some new thoughts for you. And that's the goal. That's okay. And for some of you, this might be just total review and that's totally cool too. So I'm talking today about human like Jesus. I want to invite you and I together to become human like Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, we're going to unpack that. But before I do, I want to share a quote with you that comes from Dorothy Day. Now, Dorothy Day is um, someone who founded the Catholic Worker Movement. She was a radical follower of Jesus. And people started saying, uh, Dorothy Day, you were a big deal. Like, we could never be like you. You sacrifice so much. You give up so much. How are we ever going to become a follower of Jesus like you're a follower of Jesus? And she has this very to-the-point quote that I think is worth reading. And she says, don't call me a saint. I don't want to be dismissed so easily. Don't call me a saint. I don't want to be dismissed so easily. What is she getting at? I mean, I, I know that there are parts of me, if I'm really honest about the inside spaces, it still needs some work. And there's a lot of them. Let's be real, right? Like there's all kinds of spaces that I still need to be um, saved from my own junk, you know? And, and as I think about my own spaces, there's these parts of me that would love to be called a saint, that would love the accolades and, 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 and the sort of honorable mentions that always happen. And, you know, I think a lot of us probably do. We don't call it sainthood. We might call it fame, you know, but, but there's something really profound about her comment. 
she didn't want to be dismissed. In other words, she didn't want it to be like, I can do this stuff because I'm so great. I'm so unattainable, but you can't. In fact, what I think this quote invites us to consider as we step into this conversation this morning is what is it about the unattainable other that sets us up to not try, to not step in? The unattainable other gives us permission to disengage. Think about it. If I ever were to think about like childhood icons that I had, I had some sports icons like Michael Jordan or Bo Jackson. You know, at one level, when I was young, I knew that I wanted to be like them. You know, I wanted to play pro football at one point, pro basketball at one point, pro baseball at one point. I was convinced I was going to play all the pros. And, you know, the reality is I'm a pastor, so I didn't make it. I didn't go far enough. But, but here's what I know eventually happened. Realism kicked in. And by the time I was late into my high school years, I knew, A, I was never going to be pro in a sport, and B, I was never going to be like my icons. Now, that's okay. I mean, realism is good. Some things are just not attainable for us. But the thing that I want to suggest this morning is that impulse to disengage, that impulse to say, we can't be like the unattainable other, the saint, the Dorothy Day. We dismiss the possibilities for our lives. And, and Jesus, I say, <laughs> I say, that sounds really proper, right? But Jesus, I think, is really where we get this wrong. Jesus becomes an unattainable other when we underhumanize him. And that's what I want to really sit with this morning. And we're going to rush through a bunch of scripture. I'm going to tell some stories. And we're going to try and wrap this thing up within about 20 minutes. And so get your thinking caps on or whatever. Just let's do this, okay? So here's what I want us to talk about. Jesus becomes an unattainable other when we underhumanize him. Well, here's the thing. I want to make something very clear. Like, I, I don't believe, for instance, that Jesus was only human or Jesus was human plus. Like, Jesus is the embodiment of Israel's God. Jesus is God. I have no qualms about that. And, and no one would even argue for the most part. I mean, there's some. But for the most part, people don't argue that Jesus wasn't like a real human. But here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes we kind of put Jesus in this category of this like other sort of human thing. Like, like he was a special category of human and we're never going to be that. So let's just do good enough. You know what I mean? And a lot of that's driven by shame. A lot of that's driven by the sense that we're not enough. We're not good enough. We can't be enough. And, and Jesus and the New Testament writers understood that impulse. And they said, no, no, no. You can be like Jesus. You can be like Jesus. In fact, the New Testament paints the picture that you and I can be human like Jesus is human. So while it's impossible, in my opinion, to over-deify Jesus, because I, I have no impulse to rob God of any glory, I think, practically speaking, we find ourselves under humanizing Jesus in all kinds of subconscious ways and maybe even some practical ways. You know, if I were to rephrase Dorothy Day's quote, you know how I'd drop that down? I'd say this, don't call me God until you also see the depths of my humanity. I don't want to be dismissed so easily. 
I mean, I can imagine Jesus saying, look, don't call me God until you recognize the humanity that is sitting right in front of you as you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because it's in Jesus's humanity, both as the model of what human beings are supposed to be like, the second Adam, the Bible will say at one point. In, in that sense, like Jesus is who you and I are designed to become as image bearers of God. In the beginning, God creates humans as image bearers, reflective mirrors, so to speak, that put God's love on display into the world as God's love radiates into our lives. And, and here's the thing. Jesus comes to recapture that vision and do it perfectly. And then he says, hey, followers, come do the things I do. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. Jesus wants us to see him as human. But so often we categorize Jesus in this unattainable other. And for good reason at times, but I want to push you a little bit to consider what scripture actually says about Jesus and our call to be human like him. Check this out. John, or 1 John 2.6 says it this way. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Like, I, I, I just, I don't think it's any clear. Jesus is saying, you can be like me, just live like me. Now, when you're dealing with a pandemic, when you're dealing with suffering, when you're dealing with the marginalization of a whole people group or multiple people groups in a country, when you're dealing with crazy elections and crazy debates, I mean, did you see the debate? The first debate was like, oh my goodness, like we, we ought not have too much hope in our governmental systems, my friends. Jesus is king. And, and it just kind of put that on display in a unique way for me. You know who I want to follow? I want to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be put on stage all the time. Jesus didn't need to be um, front and center. Jesus was a servant. Jesus loved. And he says, love like I love. Let me go to another passage here. So this is Ephesians 5.2. It says this, live your life with love following the example of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us, he was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. Now, the sacrificial language, it's a different day, a different topic, but here's what you need to hear. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ, who, to paraphrase, laid down his life. He laid down his life. That is the invitation of Jesus. Become human like Jesus by saying, my rights aren't the most important thing. My um, satisfaction isn't the most important thing. My ability to love like Jesus, that is the calling. And for the writers of the New Testament, this is not an unattainable feat. It is a call to discipleship. It is a call to lay down our lives as they are, to be radically devoted to the one who devoted himself to God the Father and to us through his life, teachings, death, resurrection, ascension, and universal lordship. You know, if we keep going and thinking about this theme, I mean, it just keeps coming. And, and Jesus has these words. He says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, he says, put on my yoke 
and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble and you will find rest for yourselves. Jesus says, look, just, just be like me. Come and follow me. Come and do the kinds of things that I do. And as you do the things that I do, you will find satisfaction. You will find rest. It won't be easy, but you will find something more profound than simplicity of life. You will find a life that looks like Jesus. So, what do we do with that? You know, it's very interesting because we could go on and on and on about passages of Scripture, but, you know, it's very important. Like, if we're going to talk about being human like Jesus, it seems like we should summarize what the sorts of Jesus-y things were all about. Well, I think we could break it down in three ways. Jesus modeled his humanity perfectly by perfectly loving God, perfectly loving humans, and perfectly loving even enemies, right? So, so Jesus was good at loving God, neighbors, and enemies. And that's what it looks like for you and I to be disciples of Jesus. And I'll tell you what, number one is pretty easy because we are good with deifying Jesus and glorifying God. Like, like that for us, that's what Sundays are about. Like we want to worship, we want to engage, we want to feel the power of God come over us as we sing and reflect. And I, I mean, these are good things, but here's the deal. Jesus invites us to number two and three, neighbors and enemies. And all of this together, this package helps us become human like he is human. And friends, in our culture, I can tell you what, the enemy thing, we aren't doing too hot. I mean, we're just not. How many people hate other people, ghost other people because their political idea is different than this political idea? How many of us just ignore um, the voices that we ought to actually consider? I mean, we are in a very trying time. And so often the powers of darkness play us into this scheme of us versus them. And for Jesus, there's no us versus them. You become more human like Jesus when you decide that us is for us because us are for him. Grammar's kind of off, but you get the idea. And so with that as the Jesus way, I want to break down a few more thoughts this morning to consider. And so what I want to do is I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And there's a whole discussion about Moses and Moses's interactions with the Lord having to be veiled because people couldn't handle that intensity of God's glory that radiated off of Moses. But that in Jesus, that glory has been fully revealed and we have access to that glory. And we get to uh, verse, let's start in verse 16. And verse 16 says this, it says, But whenever someone turns back to the Lord, the veil is removed. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All of us are looking with unveiled faces at the glory of the Lord as if we were looking in a mirror. We are being transformed into that same image. From one degree of glory to the next degree of glory, or from glory to glory, the old translations might say. We are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. This comes from the Lord 
who is the Spirit. One degree of glory to the next degree of glory. What is this getting at? I believe in so many ways that it's getting at a huge topic that I'm just going to be able to give you a quick one-liner about. The Adam and Eve who were in the garden experienced the unmediated presence of God and experienced what we would consider a, a glorious experience of God that was going to expand had they not sinned, had humanity not fallen into the temptation of rebellion. And what we see here is that we are invited to reclaim that glory, that Jesus is the whole picture. And just like the mirror of God's image that reflects the love and light into the world, we are now invited to do that very thing, becoming like the image, the perfect image, who is Jesus himself. Do you track with this? This is such a huge deal. You and I are to radiate God's glory by becoming like the perfect image bearer of God. We can be like Jesus. We are called to be human like Jesus. And so what do we do with that? I want to give us a few thoughts as we sort of move towards a close here. The first thing I want to mention is that we're invited to increase our capacity to know and follow Jesus. I mean, it's very simple, but very important. I would invite you to consider, and I consider this question in my own life, how am I making space for my capacity to engage with Jesus, to know Jesus, and to faithfully follow Jesus? How am I engaging in that relationship in a way that my capacity for growth into the human Jesus sees, the human that Jesus knows I can be, is possible? There's a lot of things that you do at this church. I know spiritual formation is a big part of the ethos, and it's really important, my friends, that we don't lose heart, and we also don't make rules and laws about how that has to look. But open yourself up to being in relationship with Jesus in a deeper, more beautiful way. You know, another thing that I think is really important as we talk about this and it's super connected is we can increase our capacity to be self-aware. So if we want to be human like Jesus, we have to be self-aware because the human Jesus, who is God, of course, all that good stuff, but the human Jesus had one thing that we don't got. He lived sinlessly. He never messed up. We do. We, we don't have that same sort of starting place that Jesus in the manger had. And so we've got to unpack stuff and we've got to become more and more aware. But what's beautiful is that we don't do that alone. Jesus wants to do that with us. And you know, sometimes I, I think back to one of the critical moments in my own journey. I moved to uh, Seattle and we were with our family. And about two years into the process, we were planting a church and we thought we were planting the church and it just didn't seem like anything was coming together. And it was really stressful. We had moved, of course, with a three-month-old baby. Now we're here two years into the process. We had some great people coming alongside us. But you know what? It just felt like we were going nowhere, that we were going to be stuck, that it was not going to become the kind of thing that all of the potential um, you know, people just like, oh, Kurt, you've got all this potential. You're going to make it happen. It's going to be so. I held that as like, I'm a failure. I got really um, anxious and I struggled quite a bit. I struggled to be present. 
And one of the things I've learned about Jesus is Jesus is really present. Jesus, if you look at the gospels, when he engages with people is so present that at one point he's touched and can't quite figure out who touched him, but he knows in a crowd that he was touched because he is so present to the moment. I mean, Jesus knows how to be present. And I'll tell you, I was sitting on my couch one day and I was sitting there and my toddler daughter was playing and it was an evening and I was just sitting there and my brain is telling me, get off the couch, play with your kid, get off the couch. She's right in front of you. Don't miss the moment. And my body was saying, I can't. No. I was wound up. I was anxious. I didn't know what to do. And in that moment, it became clear to me that I had something I needed to process. And God used that to catalyze conversations with friends. And I eventually went to therapy. And I, I spent a long time in therapy unpacking what led to that moment of not being able to be present to my kid, not being able to get off the couch, feeling stuck, feeling frozen, feeling like I wasn't enough. What I've come to realize is that as, as I've grown and become more aware, Jesus really, really believes in us. You know, sometimes I, I wonder how good I am at believing in Jesus. Like I struggle with doubt. And I don't know if I, I've figured out how to really be a good disciple. But here's the thing. Jesus never struggles with that kind of doubt like we do. Jesus always believes in us. Even when we can't quite see it, even when there's mess, because Jesus sees all of us, all of the possibility, all of the beauty, all of the things that as we are refined and made whole in him, as we become more and more human like him through self-awareness and Jesus, God awareness, Jesus sees exactly who we can become as human image bearers. And it's fascinating because, you know, I sometimes just struggle with bringing others in. You know, who do I bring into this? Because I think that was a big part of my early situation is I had to actually talk to one of my friends and actually a couple of friends. And I, and I was like, guys, what do I do? And they're the ones who really said, you got to go to therapy, man. You've got to really start processing some of this stuff that you thought wasn't a big deal. It's a big deal. And I'll tell you, that was so freeing, so liberating. It was painful. It was, it was painful as uh, we had to really, as a couple, start wrestling with things like, how are we relating to each other? Are we even in this thing together? What does it look like to be grown-ups who have our own identities but still are devoted to each other? I mean, we had a lot that we had to deal with and unpack. And I can't tell you that the journey has gone from like really struggling to super perfect or super us. I can just tell you that the painful journey of self-awareness and Jesus awareness, bringing others into the journey, I would never like not do that. Like if I could go back and reverse time, I, this is exactly what God wanted me to walk through and invites all of us to walk through. Because it's in those moments where we have the abilities or the possibilities, I should say, to actually become more and more like Jesus. Because here's the deal. I believe that the invitation of Jesus is this. Become the human that Jesus knows you can become. Become the human that Jesus knows you can become. 
And that's going to look very different for all of us. Look, I'm a white guy, middle class. I live in a nice neighborhood in an urban setting. I mean, I, I have a very particular lens and I still have so much blind areas in my life that by myself, I'm not going to figure out. But here's the thing. I know that no matter where you are in your own journey, together we can be people who help other people have the freedom and capacity to become more and more human, just like Jesus. You know, I told you about my daughter and a few years later, I want to share this story as I close. You know, I, I had really been working on some of these things and trying to figure out what it meant to be human and to be present. I mean, that for me was a big deal. I struggle with being present because my anxieties and my thoughts are always like, oh, I'm having this cool idea over here and I have this thing. Oh, I've got to do this social media stuff and I've got to, you know, I'm always trying to figure this out. And, and what I came to realize was that sometimes those things are there and I can bless those things and just be like, that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm failing. They're just real. But what if I let those be what they are and actually soak in what's right in front of me? So a few years after that season of challenge and growth and pain and curiosity and trying to figure out what it would look like to become more and more like Jesus, it, it, it came to this sort of like, you know, full circle moment. My daughter was upstairs. This was a couple of years ago now. We were in our townhouse. And so we would hear her getting out of bed and we'd say, go to sleep. And, and she wouldn't go to sleep. And of course, if you've had kids and you know what it's like to have like toddlers around, you know that they're very good at making excuses. I mean, she was like four and a half at this time. And I remember her so clearly coming down. I need a hug coming down. I need some water, you know, sometimes and you know, I need to go poo. No, you don't. You've got, you know, there's always something. And I was boiling. I mean, I was just like, this is ridiculous. It's way past her bedtime. Mommy and daddy need some time. Like, let us just chill for goodness sake, right? And, and I, I remember going up there and, and as I did, my, my frustration turned to, oh, I get to be here. I get to be here with her. I get to be here. I get to be human with Jesus in this moment. And in that moment, I walk in and I looked at her and I told her, Lydia, I want you to know that you are an amazing little girl. I love you so much. And I had, I mean, it was like a Danny Tanner moment, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm finally figuring this dad thing out and she's not doing the right thing, but I'm just going to tell her like, I love you. I don't need to reprimand in this moment. I can just be here loving you. And she got this beautiful look in her eyes. And I thought, oh, and you know what she did? She said this to me. She looked at me with the deepest sincerity. And she said, daddy, I just laid a quiet toot under my blankie. Yeah. Talk about being human. Human life isn't some idealized thing that we try and do. Human life is messy. Human life has room for the hilarious things, the awkward things, the frustrating things. And all of it can be part of shaping you and I into the humans Jesus sees that we can in fact become human like him. We don't have to tie life up with a neat little bow. He certainly didn't. 
Jesus shows us that entering the mess, embracing the chaos, embracing the messiness, being beacons of light and love and hope in a world asking so many questions about so many very relevant topics that are dear to the heart of Jesus. In the midst of all of that, it's okay to step in and say, you know what? Things are fine. Things are fine. Things are fine. They may not be fine in the way that we want them to be, but may we see all of the mess as a space within which Jesus says, even in this, you can grow in your capacity to become more like me. Be the image of God so that we can reflect the love of Jesus to our neighbors, to our enemies, and worship and glorify the God of the universe who loved each of us so much that he gave his life on account of you and I. Go in peace, my friends. Thank you.